start Hey authors, welcome back to another podcast episode. My name is Daria White. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're listening, thanks so much. But if you're watching, you can see that we have another guest on Writer in the Making. So everyone, please meet Chris K. Jones, who is a fellow writer. I'm happy to have you. So hi, Chris, and welcome. Hi, Daria. So glad to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Me too. I was definitely excited. So first things first, how did you get into writing? Where did it start? Tell us. <laughs> definitely started in childhood. I always had a really vivid imagination. And I always had these pictures in my mind, but I couldn't draw. So I would just write them down and then describe them to my friends. And so like when we were playing our various worlds of make-believe, I would write what I wanted us to do and what the world looked like and describe it to them. And that I could do, but I couldn't draw pictures. So to me, writing started as a way through my frustration of not being able to get these pictures out of my head. Mm. Wow. That's so crazy. I felt the same way because I can't draw either. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I try, like even when I go to places where, you know, they kind of have it to where the instructor is painting in front of you and you can follow, I can do that. But I've always wanted to draw just like naturally, never happens. So I could definitely identify with that. So can you remember the first thing that you ever wrote? Oh, yeah. So I had a creative writing class in high school. And my book, Headcase, is dedicated to my my creative writing teacher in high school, uh, Mr. Paul Butanek. So he was the one who really inspired me and like really let me know that I was good at this. And so, yeah, I wrote stories. We had a really great class where we would write our stories one week and then we would read them aloud in class. And then the class actually gave you a grade. Oh, wow. And it was all different grades. Like, so it was, you know, high school, but we all, there were juniors, seniors, freshmen, sophomores, and it was, um, and it was very supportive and we're all very nervous. You're a teenager. You don't know. Right. So, but we all became really supportive of each other and nobody was like giving each other easy grades or hard grades because it was all, and he, and that, and I give that credit to Mr. Butanek who really built that level of trust in the class that, we're all working at this. And then um, he got me into a gifted and talented program for writing. And uh, so that was really good. And then in, in college, I wrote, um, I was an accounting major, but I really took every little, if I had any type of class that like an elective, I took a writing class. Well, you know, most of my friends were like taking golf and, you know, <laughs> recreational stuff. I was like, no, this is going to be my only chance. I want to write. And I wrote a story called The Burden and Responsibility about uh, a young athlete. And and I was an athlete in college. I was a wrestler in college and then went to martial arts in judo and competed in judo. And I wrote a story about a young wrestler who uh, got a girl pregnant. And he was a single father in high school and, and living in this really uptight Pennsylvania town and what that was like for his. I always like to turn things on their heads and like, okay, we heard a lot about the single mother experience, but what about a teenage single dad? Because mm-hmm. the woman left and left him with the baby and now he had to quit his sports and and just have all these really difficult experiences as what a high school would back, you know, a long, mm-hmm. long time ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. wow. so writing was always something there and I started my career and uh, as 
student. I started my first company at 23. And so the writing got put aside. And it really wasn't until like 2016 that I got, I joined a playwriting class uh, where I wrote a play called Twisted Metal about two Marines and their PTSD. I tend to write a lot about mental health and generational traumas and, and how we deal with our traumas. Uh, that's just a topic that I enjoy exploring. And, and they read, so they did the play, but like they read it rather than in front of an audience, but they didn't have to memorize all the lines. And it was really good. But I found playwriting limited because I was, my vision was so cinematic and so big. It was limited to what the stage could do. Um, and then, uh, you know, then it went down, you know, a whole nother area. So Headcase originally started out as a screenplay and uh, I started writing that and I hired a, a screenplay teacher to I'd have time to go to film school. I was running another company. And so I'd be a chief financial officer during the day and come home and write at night. So it was, uh, that was, you know, I have, luckily I have a lot of neuroplasticity between the two sides of my brain. So I can switch from logic-based tasks to um, creative-based tasks. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is awesome. Cause I was just about to ask, could you, could you mention accounting? And it's like, that's the complete opposite <laughs> in terms of creativity. So you, you're able to manage both. Like how does, I bet some people like, how? <laughs> Uh, there's definitely like a, a, a process I have to go through to get myself in that, you know, sort of like wind down from that logic analytical point and then allow the creative side to go. So, you know, when I came home at night, I gave myself a little bit of transition or I started thinking about my writing on the drive home and that started to get me like, all right, what, what do I want to go? What do I want to do? What do I owe the scene that's coming up? And that's what I would focus on to allow me to start getting into that um, that switch. Uh, but I can make it fairly quick. And, you know, you get too creative in accounting, you go to jail. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And well, I just find that interesting because even in college, I loved science. And so I love the experience. I love the experiments that you would do in class and just the whole study of it. But I found with me that writing was just something that had my interest even further. So even though I love science and at one time I was going to pursue the medical field as a doctor, but I'm like, you know what? I think writing is the way to go. Like my passion is here, love science, but my heart is with writing. So I think that's so cool that we as writers can have different interests in other areas and we can work in different areas but writing is still our core. So how many projects have you written total in your career? And is there something that you're working on right now? Yeah, uh, Headcase is my first novel. I wrote it in, uh, it came out a year ago. Uh, so I wrote it, actually, I'm, during the pandemic. Um, I, my last day at my company, it was bought. And, you know, I was asked to go do something else. And so I was happy I had a what's next plan, which I knew I wanted to be a writer. My last day was January 31st, 2020. And then, you know, a month later we go into pandemic and now I'm sitting in my house uh, and I just by myself, I'm like, well, this is, I got no excuse now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I, uh, I had an opportunity to go down to Barbados and they had their welcome stamp program, which was a remote worker visa. 
uh, my lawyer. I've been down there. I've been going down there for since 2014. I have friends down there. And so, yeah, I packed my bags and, and went down there and, you know, I had the, the fortune to be able to write my my first novel right on a beach. Um, and I know that was so that was two things. One, yes, absolutely. Very fortunate uh, to be able to do that. A, a lot of focused time. But the other side, I did use it as a motivating factor that every day when I woke up, I was like, OK, writers would give their right arm to be able to have this. So sit down, get your butt to work. <laughs> better write a good book. Like I felt I owed it to every writer and my dream of being a writer. It's what I always wanted to do, even though I was very successful as an entrepreneur and a, and a CFO. Um, I'd won awards and things like that. But this is was always the dream. Um, I, even in college, my my uh, creative writing professor, she said, Chris, you're really talented. You should switch from accounting and pursue your writing. I said, you know, what? I grew up poor and I don't want to be a poor starving artist. So I'm going to go out I'm make <laughs> and then I'll write. And uh, it was a good plan for me because I found that the things that I'm not good at in writing or not or in the whole book publishing world because I published this myself uh I needed help like editors designers this is actually the, the second cover which I went out and found because the first cover you know I just did it I was just I got kind of fed up and just wanted to get it out there which is not a good thing a good place to be mm-hmm. um and and being able to you know have I had two editors and um being able to work with them. And I learned a lot from them. Uh, so it's really, it, I pay to write. I don't, I don't get paid. I pay to write. <laughs> I it's, think a, it's a very difficult industry. Yeah, I would definitely say that that is accurate. And um, I definitely understand, even when I first started out, I started writing back in 2003, but I, I did choose to self-publish too, but I didn't self-publish until 2013. So there's been a lot that I've learned, like, there's more to it than just writing the book. Like it goes through a process before it's in the hands of readers. So that was definitely a reality. Like <laughs> there's a lot to this business, but wow. I, I think when you love it, you know, that's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you motivated. And it's worth it in the end when you get to hold your book. I still can't get over that. When I hold my book in my hands, my author copy, I'm like, you know, it was all worth it. So <laughs> I would love to know your writing process from start to finish. Like, does it start as an idea and you make an outline or do you just go with the flow? I would love to hear that. Yeah, um, you know, the, the 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 two types of writers, right? They have uh, pantsers and plotters, right? Mm-hmm. Pantsers, you just sit down and go. Plotters, you have everything meticulously outlined. I am what would be called a planter. Yes, we do. <laughs> I have an outline, uh, but then there's lots of room for a change, for creativity, for uh, listening to what my my characters want to say. You know, that was something I learned from Neil Gaiman is like, sometimes you got to be quiet and listen to your characters and you'll learn things about them. Mm-hmm. And I've done that several times and it's it's fascinating. I know it's all coming from my brain. You know, I know how the neuroscience works, but there's still a little bit of magic in there that all of a sudden all these new ideas and my character just told me all these things about him that I didn't know. Mm. And 
you know, I've known these characters for years and they do sort of, you know, become part of your life. There was actually a point when, you know, I, I still doing the book marketing, which was really hard for me. And I remember thinking like, wow, I miss my characters. I because I haven't <laughs> written anything in a while. And I miss them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, I definitely feel that. Even when I know I need to go on a break because I just finished a project and I kind of need some time to recharge. If I go too long without writing, I find myself missing it. I'm like, you know, I kind of wonder, you know, <laughs> what will happen, you know, with this character and things like that. So I, I love that. I love how it all comes to life. I think my favorite part is after I'm holding my book, I kind of reflect and it's like, wow, this started as an idea. This started as a concept. And now I get to hold it like, wow, <laughs> this is actually real. So with your process, all writers go through it, but how would you say you work through those writing slumps? Like when you hit a wall with your characters and you're like, plot hole, didn't mean to go there, but I wrote it anyway. How do you work so, through that? For me, it's a little bit different. And the most important thing in, to succeed in anything in life is you need to know your own mind. And you really need to know how your mind works and where your pitfalls are, where the things that you can be motivated with. Now, I spent really most of my life between being an athlete, coach, entrepreneur, very, very results oriented. And everything was, you give me a goal, put a brick wall in front of it, it's going down. I'm going to bash right through it. Mm. But you, and I could be on a spreadsheet, you know, for 12 hours a day, no problem. You can muscle that, but you can't muscle a manuscript. You can't force it. Mm. So I've learned, I'm learning and to retrain my brain to be process oriented. Mm. Oops, sorry, that's my fire alarm. You're good. <laughs> it's really annoying at two o'clock in the morning. So sorry about that. Oh, we're good. <laughs> uh, uh, just wait a second. Sounds like a steamship going by, right? <laughs> I heard a little bit <laughs> on uh, my end, but uh, it's really loud. The firehouse is a block away from me. Uh, you know, being so results oriented, I really had to switch and, and still working on it. And like, okay, just because I'll set up a spreadsheet and I'm like, all right, how many pages a day, minutes, blah, 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 and set up these goals. And actually, to tell you what, like an insane person I am, I kept a timesheet. So to write head case, it took 714 and a half hours of pure writing, research time, editing time. Wow. Um, and I kept an accurate timesheet every day, logged in and kept real track because I wanted to know how long it was going to take to do it. Um, so, yeah, I can do these spreadsheets and all that stuff, but I think that sometimes interferes. So when I sit down to write, it's like, okay, what what do I owe the scene? Well, let's, let's just enjoy the process because me, that's very important that I have to now start just enjoy the process of writing. Um, it's what I fought for. For, made lots of sacrifices, um, worked real, real hard my whole life so I could then enjoy this. Uh, and so for me, it's like, um, I mean, even yesterday, and the goal is you can try to get five pages a day or a certain number of words, but I was like, at the end, asking, how do I feel about the work that I did today? Mm. yesterday was a good example of where I didn't I realized that I was missing something in my outline 
So this was completely new, not outlined, didn't have any idea about that. And I could sit down and, and say, all right, this is something I need to cover. I, I needed a little bit more mortar as I'm in book two now of, of bringing the, the book one and book two together. And I needed a little bit more. So if someone just picked up book two, they could kind of pick up and understand where the character was in their journey uh, without reading book one. Hmm. Um, that was something I learned, you know, by reading uh, the David Baldacci books, some John Grisham, any any of the series books, uh, the Jack Reacher series. Uh, so any of those you know, sort of thriller ones, I wanted to say, right, can I pick up a book and not have read the other ones in the middle of the series and be able to follow along? So that's really important is kind of know what your own process is, how your mind thinks. You know, I've heard things that you've said about, yeah, take the frequent breaks, get up, walk around. Um, I also found out that I never realized how extroverted I was until we went into the pandemic. And I was always just pretty exhausted. You know, I worked 50, 60 hours a week under really intense uh, situation and, and, you know, with, the, with startups, it's always very intense and it was just a, a very tough business. And, uh, so I was always coming home and had a staff that was always asking questions. So I came home, I was beat and I just wanted to do, you know, be quiet and write. Uh, so now when I had all this time and I was all by myself all the time, I'm like, wow, you know, this, I need to be around people. There were times even down in Barbados, I'm, I'm writing and you spend five, six hours writing. And then I'm like, all right, I need to see a real human being. Cause I'm like <laughs> having these conversations in my head with all these people. I'm like, I, I need to see somebody who's real and not a figment of my imagination. Mental <laughs> health, like you're a real person, right? Okay, great. Mm. Uh, I think that was really important part of my process. So now what I've done um, for this one is one, I joined a co-working space where I go two times a week just to be around. And I started like a little thing. I top, got the bet, the top 20 cafes. I live in Westchester, New York. And I'm just going to go in one day, just write in those and like sort of take notes. I'm like, all right, which one was the best one? And what did I, what work did I get done? And I find if I have a little bit of background noise, even if it's, I have to put my um, headphones in, just being in that environment, it helps me. But again, that's, that's sort of the part I'm saying about you got to know your mind and know who you are as a person. For some people, that might be absolute hell. Okay, great. But just figure out, you know, what's the space you need? What's the time that you need? Um, I can't do like a half an hour here and a half an hour there. I need a block of time. Now, I'm fortunate I can say that. All right, today's my writing day. Um, four or five hours. Here's my block of time. All right, everyone leave me alone. Um, and I know it's hard for people with families and full-time jobs, but I mean, how do you, how do you negotiate it? How do you get through that? Or how do some of your other guests? Well, I know for me, and this is what I teach my students, because I created a course for time management to help authors in that area. And I teach them how to find what I call their time pockets. So for you, you have like four or five hours, but I teach them like if, if it's only 30 minutes, use those 30 minutes, even if it's 10, 15, 20. I have one student that has, I don't know, five or six children. So she's like, they're going to the activities here, here and there. But I'm like, let's just look at your schedule. And I have them fill out everything that they do for the week. So like weekly plan sheets. 
And then when you fill out everything, look at it again and see, oh, you may find you, you may have a time pocket in the morning before taking the kids to school, or it may be something on your lunch break. So just finding those time pockets are like, whoa, like maybe I had more time than what I realized. Cause sometimes it's just in our heads. Like I'm so busy. I'm so busy. But then when you write it all out, it's like, I think I had more time than what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's my value on a timesheet. And I realize I plan out each day, the things that I have to do. Now I still have obligations for some of the other companies that I manage, but it's not all that pressing. But yesterday was a perfect example of just what you said, meeting a friend for dinner. Uh, they were at the dentist and it went way over. So I had to wait for a while. I'm like, oh, great. I didn't finish that scene, pull out my laptop, sitting there in the lobby. And it just started going like, just to get like a few more things. And, and the mantra that I developed to help me is like, just write one more word one more sentence, one more paragraph, one more page. And that sort of mantra to help me get through when I do get stuck. Now you asked the question before about what happens when I do get stuck. I usually don't get too stuck creatively. I'm pretty, I know I'm pretty lucky like that. Like it's, if anything, it's the, the bombardment of ideas and organizing them. Um, it's more, I've, had situations where I've either written myself into a corner and then I got to get myself out, which is always a fun thing to do. But more than that, I've struggled sometimes with the technical part of writing, which is being more concise. I get very verbose. So I've struggled for two hours on a paragraph just to make it right. And I have Grammarly and ProWriterAid and all those, and they're very helpful too. Um, the other thing that you said, I remember hearing on one of your podcasts is about your first draft, right? I call it the vomit draft. <laughs> yeah. Just, and I I really, Daria is so important. Get it out, get it out. Mm -hmm. It's not perfect. Even when I'm doing my editing, I, I get it all. Like I write the page and then after I finish the page or the scene or the chapter, then I go back and like, you know, little things I'll correct along the way. But then I'll do the tightening on it. And uh, and just a you know, story of last year, just being a rookie writer, uh, I wrote my first draft of Headcase. I sent it to an editor, which you should never, 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 never do. <laughs> and he, you know, he ripped it. He was not really a good editor. He was young and I, it, he did not handle it very professionally. I don't care what you say about my writing. You can say whatever you want, but he was just the way his feedback was unprofessional and not actionable in that mm. bothered me. But yeah, the first draft is was uh was a mess. Yeah. And but and it took I the published version um that came out in March, it was like version 8.6, I believe. Mm. So through eight full were the revisions where the changes in the manuscript were big enough to get another version. And then if it got a point one, two, three, four, then that was just like, you know, minor changes. So I knew where I was. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I have loved this conversation, Chris. I definitely enjoyed hearing your process. I'm sure listeners were encouraged. So where can they find you before we wrap this up? Your website, where to you get your books? Sure. You can go to my website. It's chriskjones.com. Uh, and Headcases on um, ebook, print, as well as audio. And the audio is 
fantastic. I had an award-winning actor do it and uh, he was amazing. There's 60, I had to count, there's 60 different speaking roles in my book and he did all of them, lots of accents and things like that. So he was fantastic. The audio, I'm very, very proud of the audio. Um, on social media, uh, uh, headcase underscore, uh, oh head, yeah, headcase underscore novel on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook is Chris K. Jones author. And even LinkedIn is Christopher K. Jones, but the website is where you can go out and you can even get the first seven chapters free. If you go out and subscribe to my mailing list, you can download the first seven chapters for free. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being here. I've enjoyed this conversation. Thank you all so much for listening. If you're not subscribed to Ride and Making, go ahead and do so. Follow Chris, get his books. And thank you once again. And remember, as I always say, if you wrote a book, it is already unique because you wrote it and no one can write a book like you. So God bless, stay safe, and I will talk to you all next time. Have a good one. Bye.